Hello, space nerds. Welcome to Raktagino and Root Beer, a Deep Space Nine podcast. I'm Matthew. And I'm Michael. On this podcast, we are reviewing every Deep Space Nine episode from the pilot to the finale. It'll be so exciting, it's going to give you umox. Pull up a chair and join in the discussion over some Raktagino and Root Beer. If you would like to contact us, set hailing frequencies to rrds9podcast at gmail.com. Today on the show, we are going to review Season 5, Episodes 13 and 14, For the Uniform and In Purgatory's Shadow. So we actually are going to be ending on a cliffhanger. No! Yeah. So, Michael, why don't you start us off with For the Uniform? So, um, Michael Eddington is back, and Cisco is still chasing him. Mm-hmm. A little uh, Ahab action there. And yeah. uh, cannot find his white whale. Eddington keeps outsmarting him, and Cisco is obviously making this very personal because yeah. it was his uh, chief security officer who who worked with him for a year and a half, and then turned out to be a, a traitor. Um, he gets too close to it, so then they bring in Captain Sanders of the Malinche, Malinche, Malinche. Sure. Who has a go at Eddington as well, and is also uh, outsmarted by by him. Mm-hmm. So, finally, uh, Cisco figures out where he's going. He's essentially, in the Badlands, he's looking at Cardassian colonies and then spreading this neurotoxin that only affects Cardassians. So the idea is wiping out the Cardassians, forcing them to evacuate so that, uh, so that humans and other members of the Federation living in the Badlands can then occupy those planets. And Cisco realizes that the only way to beat Eddington, they have this uh, Les, Les Miserables thing. Yeah, a uh, little, little book club moment. little book club moment <laughs> that he has to become the, uh, the villain and he threatens to do the same kind of neurotoxin gas but on a Badlands planet occupied by uh, Federation people. Yeah. And you don't think he is, but he actually does it. He unleashes yeah. this gas. Forcing Michael Eddington to give himself up so that Cisco will stop doing this. And the episode ends where the Cardassians and the non-Cardassians have swapped planets. So <laughs> they're back to status quo, but living in totally different planets. Yeah. I love how you called the humans non-Cardassians. Non-Cardassians. <laughs> not, I have no idea how to refer to them. Because they're not... Yeah. So there they you go. Humans, That's Yeah. Yeah. They're not all humans, though. I mean, they're... Well, I guess Federation. Former Federation. Former Federation. Yeah, people. So, yeah, that's it. That's it. How did you feel about this episode? I really like Michael Addington as a villain. I I think... I really did like this episode. I didn't really like the the Les Miserables thing. Yeah. Not the biggest uh, Victor Hugo fan, you know. Uh, You're with Dax. I'm with Dax on this. Uh, Underwritten uh, females in Victor Hugo. Yeah. Uh, And so I didn't, yeah, I I thought that that was a little bit silly, but in the sense that, that it captures... This idea of Michael Eddington is an idealist and a romantic, and mm-hmm. and he sees himself as as having higher ideals than what the Federation has. And yeah. the flip side of that is that Cisco is this uh, pragmatist. Um, he's basically saying like, uh, we signed this agreement with the Kardashian Kardashians to avoid Kardashians. <laughs> we signed this this you know peace deal with the Kardashians to avoid further conflict which means that some people have to leave their homes and that's just the way yeah. that 
this works and and for Mike Lennington, it's it's unforgivable. He has the, this higher principle that these people have to be protected and were abandoned by the Federation. Yeah. So you, so normally you would have uh, a Starfleet captain being far more idealistic, being you know being the one where you know I have to stand by the Federation's principles. But yeah. instead, Cisco is such a pragmatist, and it's almost like a like a ends justify the means kind of guy. Yeah, I guess that's not a pragmatist, is it? That's the opposite. Ends justify the means. But anyways, he's willing to unleash a poisonous gas against former Federation members yeah. in order to do this. That's totally insane. It's pretty insane. It is pretty insane. That was such a shocking ending. I up up until the up until the end, I thought that it was going to be a threat, and that's it. And he was bluffing, but he wasn't bluffing. I should yeah. have known. I'm sorry, Cisco. I I thought I knew you, but I didn't. Yeah. So what did you think of this? I thought it was okay. I thought it was an okay episode. I'm never a huge fan of Maquis episodes. I don't know why. I find them a little bit... I find them... I'm not that into it. I think I don't really care about the Maquis that much. I'm like, folks, just deal with it. You know? I, like, oh, that's interesting. Because I'm always a fan of Maquis episodes. Going back to mm. TNG... Just the way that uh, Picard got so angry about uh, issues involving the Maquis because yeah. he sees it as such a betrayal, but it but it's just a way that complicates uh, federate the Federation, right? It's just yeah, like it really if you're in the Federation, it really makes you question uh, what the fe- what the purpose of the Federation is and whether it's doing what it should be doing. Um, so I I love that conflict. See, I think I would be more into it if it was like. These people have been on these planets for centuries or whatever. Hmm. But the implication is that these people have only been there for like maybe like 10 years or something like that. They're like actually colonists. They're like yeah. new. So it's like, I'm like, okay, yeah, you're colonists for that place. Can't you just be a colonist, a colonist somewhere else? Like, it, is, it is a big universe. I, I don't know. The anyway. Quadrant's pretty big. But. Yeah, it's, you know, and that's, I think, maybe my, it's the whole idea that they're not actually from these planets mm-hmm. they're actually just colonizers for the planets that i'm like yeah come on just just move you know like really mm-hmm. really you're that but and so yeah i'm not that into it i did like the part where cisco is talking about his battle with michael eddington and he's like mm-hmm. i'm not it's not a, i'm not against a you know, a person with seven lifetimes or someone, a changeling or anything like that. It's another human being, which is interesting. It's like this idea that sometimes Cisco feels out of his depth, I suppose, or... Yeah, that was interesting that, yeah. that he he felt outsmarted by someone who should have been his equal at the most. Yeah. Yeah. Which was um, a little odd. That was a little odd. I actually enjoyed... See, so Cisco has some self-esteem issues? Is that... Possibly, yeah. <laughs> Is that what we're saying? Um, I'm never a huge fan of Ahab episodes where some like somebody's going crazy because they're chasing after someone else. That yeah. was always like... I feel like it's such a tired trope. Yeah. I did like that this time they were like, let's use Les Miserables. And I, I actually enjoy Les Miserables. I okay. Think it's, a, I think it's an enjoyable mm-hmm. novel. Um underwritten character underwritten female characters aside and what i like too is the fact that cisco 
realized that the way to defeat Eddington was to kind of psychoanalyze him, mm-hmm. which I felt like in this case, it actually did make a lot of sense. He would see himself as a romantic, you know, as a hero in many ways. I mean, he explicitly is comparing himself to a romantic hero, yeah. uh, Javert and uh, Jean Valjean. Um, yeah. So I, I like that. I like the kind of, you know, it's it's nice when they find a solution for a problem and it makes sense, right? And this did make sense. I understood why they were, what the solution was. And it was crazy. He did become the villain. He became the villain. And he was yeah. like, okay, I'm going to play the role of villain. And yeah, he did. He was a villain. So were you, were you surprised by that? Did you see it coming that he actually did it? I, I vaguely remember this episode, but I uh, I was surprised that... You didn't remember the ending? I didn't, you... I didn't quite remember the ending. I was surprised that he did destroy a planet's ecosystem for humans for 50 years that seems a little crazy yeah and the fact that people just agreed to it that seems strange and the fact that the uh, federation had no problem with it afterwards seems strange to me as well oh there's that moment too where dax says oh you didn't let starfleet know you're gonna do this and he's like oh slip my mind or something and yeah. it's like that's a pretty major decision that yeah. you just made I mean, we've seen the, the next generation, they would often uh, hand wave away a lot of ethical problems relating yeah. to maybe we shouldn't have like, done this. That's a lot of paperwork to fill out yeah. on your pad or whatever. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of hitting buttons <laughs> with your finger. Yeah, so it was, uh, it was, I didn't have a huge problem with it. I just wasn't that excited by it. And I'm not quite, I didn't quite understand the holographic communicator. Why was that such a big deal? Why were we introduced to it? I, I think, <laughs> I really have no idea. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, it was kind of a neat idea, but it's from our vantage, it's sort of like, how do you not have this already? You, yeah. you have holodecks, holo suites, but you don't have a simple hologram projector on the bridge. Like it's yeah. very weird. It and, is they, weird. and it was like this brand new technology that they were using that Mike Laddington was then able to uh, interject himself. I guess it was just to have the presence of the other person on the the bridge, rather rather than the view screen, yeah. yeah. So that they were acting with each other as well, maybe. I I don't know. the uh, the The two things that I really want to mention are Nog. Uh, yes, Nog uh, as using the new ear superpowers. Yeah, <laughs> and I like the, the line where it's like, "We need somebody with really good hearing when things are exploding," and he's like, "Exploding." <laughs> But I thought he did a great job uh, yeah. repeating what Cisco wanted. Yeah. And also, I don't. I'm very excited about the Breen because you have hinted that they become a bigger deal in the future. So whenever I see a, something Breen related, I, I pay attention. Yeah. And I liked that the McKee used the Breen nursery rhyme. Yeah. And I liked how it sounded. It was like burp, burp, I I'm super into the Breen, and uh, they may be my new favorite people yeah new, new favorite species yeah uh the, i mean if we're gonna create if we do have an episode where we just listen to all the music created by the different species yeah it, they might be up there the breen with their um lixian scale uh, mm. nursery rhyme yeah so yeah yeah i was there seemed to be a lot of people on the bridge at all times that was a little distracting it was like those people who are not sitting down and they have to constantly reach over someone else's shoulder to push some buttons, wouldn't mm. that be a really irritating job, you know? 
Anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we got some brain action in there. Uh, I liked Odo's little dig. Um, oh, about Eddington? Like, yeah. you could tell Starfleet that maybe they can trust me now? Yeah, uh, they, no, they brought him on because they didn't trust me. I just want them to note that. Oh, yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so yeah, some little digs. But overall, I'm, I was just okay. You give this a meh, and a I, meh. I think it was awesome. Yeah. Well, let's move on to episode 14 in Purgatory's Shadow, if you can do the honors. Uh, yes. So in this episode, Deep Space Nine receives a message hmm. from emanating from the Gamma Quadrant that appears to be Cardassian. They bring up Garrick to interpret it for them, but it turns out that Garrick says that it's just a scientific survey or whatever. Uh, but it turns out that it's actually a message from an Auburn Tain. Julian Bashir finds this out. But uh, as we come to know later on, it's actually not Julian Bashir that finds this out. It is a changeling that has replaced Julian Bashir. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Garrick tries to borrow a runabout without Cisco's uh, uh, permission, which you should know that you should go up to Cisco and just ask for the runabout and he'll give it to you no matter what. Hmm. So uh, he should have done that, but he didn't. And he gets stopped and, and instead... Cisco lets him go with Worf, which I think was just an attempt to have a new wacky odd couple situation <laughs> pairing. And uh, they go to look for the source of this and they find it and uh, are attacked and taken prisoner by a bunch of Jem'Hadar. They're taken to a space station where they find General Martok. The original General Martok mm-hmm. is there. And Anabrantain and a passed out Breen. Yay! Spends most of the episode just laying down. Yeah. Uh, oh, and Julian Bashir. Uh, they... The real Bashir. Yeah. They, they talk about a bunch of things. We come to know that Garrick is actually an Arbertain's son. And an Arbertain has a moving death scene with Garrick. Meanwhile, the Deep Space Nine discovers that the Jem'Hadar are approaching Gamma Quadrant with a giant fleet. So they decide to collapse the wormhole. As they prepare to do so, obviously the changeling Bashir uh, prevents them from doing it, and the fleet comes through anyway. We, that's where we leave off. But I do also want to mention there is kind of a plot C with uh, mm. Torizial, where Galdukat comes on the station and says she needs to leave. Yeah, and. He seems to have some sort of knowledge about something happening, which is very mysterious Ooh, and interesting. And also not a fan of her relationship with, with Garrick. Garrick. Yes, yeah. yes. So that so, was my very complicated summary. Nicely done. Um, I, so what did you think of this? Oh, this was great. I really loved, I really yeah. loved this episode. It was very enjoyable. This is exactly what I want. You know, a lot of intrigue, but very based in characters like... The interactions between Garrick, Torizial, uh, Kira, Galdukat, all that is really interesting. And, you know, Kira has a very strong point of view about Torizial. And, you know, she clearly does hate Garrick. She doesn't want him to be interacting with her. But mm-hmm. she is respectful of Torizial's choices and likes her as a person. Yeah. And then... You know, Gal Dukat just hates Garrick, you know, and, and so it's all these interactions are very fascinating and interesting and they they add a lot of emotional weight to the episode. Mm-hmm. The scene with Anabertain and Garrick 
where they're discussing his childhood and Garrick basically says just stop lying for once you know like just be honest about this yeah that was that was uh, powerful I liked it yeah I liked that moment too yeah I, I and I was not expecting it that, that he was actually his son I thought that was a nice touch you saw it coming I'm sure I, I mean <laughs> from, did, from what, what you remember well wasn't it clear from that other episode where there was like a housekeeper remember um, remember Garrick like contacted the mm. housekeeper and was like I need to talk to an appertain or whatever mm. and there's a definite implication that the housekeeper was actually his mother and that the Oh, really? I didn't get that. Yeah. <gasps> like, there's, like, an implication that she's more than just a housekeeper. So he's an illegitimate son through the housekeeper. Or something. Mm. I don't know. I have no idea. I, I wow. can't remember. But, yeah, I feel like it hadn't been before. I would be a terrible Obsidian Order member because I wouldn't pick up on any any <laughs> clues whatsoever. I'd be like, what? <laughs> So, um, so what did you think of this? I love this episode. I, I thought it was terrific. Yeah. And, I, and it was nice to see General Martok back. Poor guy. He's been there for two years. Two years. So wrestling uh, Jem Hadar. Yeah. yeah. Um, in that weird octagon. Well, not an octagon. octagon. It's a uh, square. <laughs> but... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And tr- in that like weird dome that's floating on an asteroid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I really like the idea that uh, of all these doubles that are being kept hostage there, or f- I'm not sure why they're keeping them alive. Yeah, why wouldn't they just kill them? Um, so I was totally surprised at the Bashir thing. And it's funny because when the episode begins and Garrick uh, is surprised by Bashir on the runabout and he goes, yeah. oh, like you were so naive when you know we, f- we first met yeah. and obviously you've been paying attention and, you- and you're really good at... at- figuring out what I'm actually saying and, and you've become as cynical as I am or not cynical or yeah, yeah. and it's funny that he's actually talking to a changeling <laughs> the, yeah that's the, why the Bashir still clueless and yeah. is actually is was actually abducted yeah I like the scene too where they're like uh, testing everyone's blood yeah and then they're like what about him indicating the brain and uh, Bashir's like he doesn't have any blood <laughs> That's so weird. He just slept the entire time. I know. Then, yeah. Was he listening to them? Who knows? What maybe, was going on. maybe he was dead. How would you know? Yeah, maybe he's a spy. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the the changeling thing was. Uh, it's very surprising. I knew it was coming. I can't remember why I knew. I knew it was coming. Um, but uh, it is. It's great. Hmm. It makes the fact that you know, there all with all this thing about the Dominion. Mm-hmm. It's clear that there is an obvious solution, which is just get rid of the, the wormhole or close it in some way. Yeah. And so you're like, why haven't they done this before? Yeah. But this episode at least attempted to show, oh, here they're trying to do it. And this is why they couldn't do it, because there's the changelings don't want that to have happen. Well, Although, and, and, and also because of the religious significance to Bejor yes. and because of the life forms inside the wormhole that if they blow it up, they risk possibly killing them yeah yeah but then they kind of hand wave it away with some trill science that they figured out how to do it yeah and not wipe out the wormhole creatures the yeah. prophets yeah and uh kira points out that this is kind of a terrible thing to do to bejor but she's willing to do it for the safety of the ga- the quadrant i guess but... yeah well as cisco points out or somebody that that bejor would be pretty much the very first planet to 
become uh, reoccupied for that in their case or occupied by the yeah. Dominion. So. so what do you think is going to happen in the next episode? I assuming that they that good triumphs over evil. <laughs> I don't. I have no idea. That was a lot of Jem'Hadar ships coming through. Yeah. 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 I thought that there might have been some like Deus Ex Machina where the wormhole prophet creatures shut it down on the Dominion or Yeah. I was expecting something like that, but but uh I honestly have no idea. I'm assuming that Worf and Bashir and Garrick escape with yeah, Martok. I love how they're like Martok's been there for two years and yeah. they're like, let's figure out how to escape and it's like wouldn't Martok have done that in the Oh yeah, and they there? and who's a Garrick saying like, "Wow, a captured Klingon isn't that dishonorable?" And he goes, and he says like, uh, "No, if you can still escape and kill, it's totally fine." But you've been there for two years, dude. I know. He Working maybe, on his plan. Yeah, maybe it's a very slow plan. Yeah. Uh yeah. So yeah, I think the next episode will surprise and confuse you. Surprise and confuse me? Yeah. Is Cisco a changeling? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, um, this is when I feel like it starts to get... I'm not going to say anything further. Oh, okay. He's but a- I, I, I remember... This is an exciting episode. Have you... Oh, have you seen... If we're wrapping it up... Are we wrapping it up right now? Yeah, sure. We, we can wrap it up. That um, was a good episode. Our, yeah, terrific episode. Have you seen the Discovery episodes yet? No, I have not. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm on strike. Yeah, Matthew is dealing with a... Uh, uh, he's on strike right now. I'm on a work stoppage. He's I'm, on, yeah. I'm striking. So if you want to support me, I don't know. He has legs of steel. He's been walking, doing yeah. a lot of walking right yeah. now. So I've been walking back and forth with yeah. a sign around my neck. Yes, supporting equal pay for equal work. Yes. There yeah. So, uh, yeah, I have not had a chance to see Star Trek Discovery. I will try to can very you, soon. Can you, like, watch it on your phone while you're walking I back and forth on Stripe? I think that uh, defeats the purpose of what we're doing. <laughs> we, do, we don't want uh, people photographing us and going, look at, this, look at them, they're just watching movies while they're striking. <laughs> so. Well, you'd have my support. Thank you, you thank that. you. Um, I'm sure Quark would hate me, but... <laughs> The rest of the staff of Quarks would support me because they are also unionists as well. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, I Yeah, I don't have anything further I'd like to add. Do you, uh, if you want to just mention how you feel about the new Discovery without me? giving any spoilers, you can say that. Uh, oh my gosh. I've, I feel like I'm in the minority on a few things in Discovery. I mean, there's some... Cl- huge problems in it but i also really like some parts of it which is a very diplomatic fence-sitting yeah. response um so i i i will refrain from commenting until i've seen an episode okay I, seen I, will, it. I will see I, i'll watch i think episode. we're up to five episodes now yeah so. i'll watch an episode and then i'll tell you all right okay i think that's it for this week and uh do you have anything you don't have anything for no I have nothing else to say. Okay. So, uh, once again, I want to thank you for listening. Uh, If you want to contact us, please uh, send a message via Facebook, Twitter, or email at rrds9podcast at gmail.com. Have a great week, and thanks for listening.